Last week I started a message called How to Be Blessed, of course, part one. And today I want to jump into part two. Say part two. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 5, and I want to read verses 1 through 16 like I did in the beginning of last week. Let's just set the stage here. Hallelujah. It says this, and seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, Christians, but if the salt loses its flavor... Or gets constipated. (laughs) Come on now. How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Well, I went through last week, I went through these. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I went through blessed are are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, And we are going to start now. On blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5, 5. Now, what does the word meek mean? Some people think that meekness means weakness. But that's not the case. Meek does not mean weak. It means a teachableness. It carries the idea of humility and self-discipline. Now, if you'll notice last week... I talked a lot about humility with one of the points there, where humility really fit in. Humility is a big deal to God. How many of you know that by now? Humility is huge. Now, it also, and if you don't know what humility is, uh, request a CD from last week. It's free. But meekness also carries the idea of, listen to this, of strength or a person's will under restraint. The idea of strength or a person's will under restraint. Having trouble understanding what I mean? Well, think of two people walking side by side. And one person is trying to instruct or to teach another person. And all of a sudden, that person who is being taught begins to run ahead of the teacher. There's no restraint. There's no self-discipline. There's no humility. The person goes off and does their own thing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? See, a meek Christian is willing to slow down, lay down their plans, and receive instructions from God through His Word and the Holy Spirit. And now, how many of you know the Holy Spirit will never give us an instruction that contradicts the Word? The Holy Spirit will always lead us in line with the Word of God. Now listen to this. Meekness can also be be applied to the thought life. You see, a Christian should have a disciplined or a restrained thought life based on the Word of God. Many of you who come here every week, you know I'm big on the thought life thing. Amen? The thought life is very important. 
How many of you know it's easy to allow your thought life to get out of control? How many of you been there? You probably were there just before you come to church. Some of you there are right now are, are there right now. I see it on your face, <laughs> especially when I did that spiritual uh, constipation thing. But anyways, uh, but it's real easy to get let your thought life get out of control. And think about this: there is not one area of our will that does not go through the filter of your thought life first. There is not one thing you've ever done in your life, or said even, that went through the filter of your thought life. So how important is the thought life? Extremely important. Extremely. That's why we need to keep our thought life under restraint and renewed by the word of God, Romans chapter 12 says. Now the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete. One called alongside to help. Notice the word alongside. Remember that example I was just giving about someone trying to instruct someone. They're walking side by side. And then one minute they start running ahead. And they can't be instructed anymore because they wanted to go their own way. I'm talking about our relationship as Christians with the Holy Spirit. How many of you in here have, are honest enough to admit that you have run ahead of the Holy Ghost? You have ignored the instructions of the Holy Ghost? But he's called the paraclete, one called alongside to help. See, we as Christians, we, 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 we got to be very careful that we don't lag behind the Holy Spirit or we don't run ahead of him. But stay right alongside with him. See, the meek Christian, Jesus said the meek Christian would be blessed. Because why, why is that? Why is the teachable Christian? Why is the humble Christian? Why is it that they're going to bring the blessing of God on their life? Because everything that the meek Christian puts their hand to will be something that is led by the Holy Spirit and will always be in the timing of God for their life. Say timing of God. Oh man, I'll tell you right now. God's timing is very important in life. If you run ahead of God or lag behind Him, it won't be blessed. It won't be blessed. Psalm 127.1 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. That scripture is talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. That scripture is talking about God's timing, the timing of God, the blueprint of God for your life, for your marriage, for your family, and so on. Unless God builds the house, or unless you put the principles in the Word of God into action in your life, unless you let God build every aspect of your life, you're laboring in vain. It's worthless. You're, you're, you're spinning your wheels. Say, spinning my wheels. Say, say, I've been spinning my wheels. Doing it apart from God. Oh, come on, say that. Say, I've been spinning my wheels. I know, you guys left that out on purpose. I know it. Say, I've been spinning my wheels. Doing things apart from God and His Word. Oh, I, I don't like it when the wheels spin. I like traction. Go to Matthew 5, verse 6. Jesus said this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now this is so important. Why is it when we come in, to, to a church service or during praise and worship. Why is it that it seems like a wet blanket seemed to settle on the, the people? Why is it when, when you come in here, it's like you're walking into a funeral home? A lack of spiritual hunger. 
a lack of spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger for the Christian is a must to receive the blessings of God in your life. Did you know that? Why is spiritual hunger so important? I'll tell you right now. Because hunger, if you're taking notes, write this down, all right? Hunger equals desperation. And the fact of the matter is, many Christians aren't desperate enough to lift their hands to God. They're not desperate enough to cry out to Him. They're not desperate enough. Hunger equals desperation. How many of you know, someone who's, who's uh, dying of hunger, they do some pretty radical things to, to, to feed their craving. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The same is true in the spiritual sense. If you're really hungry for God, it's going to cause you to throw away that dead religion. It's going to cause you to throw away man-made tradition. Are you hearing me? And listen to this. True spiritual fulfillment for spiritual hunger and thirst can only come from a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and obedience to the Word of God. Listen to this. The Word of God is the only source of spiritual truth on this earth and in this vast universe. The Word of God is, oh, I know there's a lot of books out there. Oh, I know, I know the Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, and, and all these cults and false religions, they have, all, they have their books. I know, I know, I know. But listen to me, people. God's Word is the only source of spiritual truth. And if you're trying to, to fulfill that hunger and thirst somewhere else, it's not going to happen. If you think it has, you're deceived. It's spiritual deception. If there is something that claims to be spiritual truth and it does not line up with what the Bible says, it is false and it will lead you down a path of destruction in your life. Now, when a Christian is truly spiritually hungry, they, like I said, I gotta say it again, they will be willing to drop Man-made rituals, dead religion, and they will seek a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you listened to the radio broadcast today, Keys to Spiritual Unity? Pretty strong stuff, wasn't it? This area needs to hear that. The body of Christ needs to hear that message. And if you're watching online, go to RevivalChristian or RevivalPodcast.org and listen to it. See, these, when you're spiritually hungry, they will have a hunger for and proclaim the Word of God. And they won't be concerned about winning the approval of others all the time. How many of you, Joyce Meyer has a book out. It's called Approval Addiction. How many of you know? You're always looking for approval. And friends, I'm telling you right now, the seeker-sensitive Christian church, they are seeking approval by everyone. So what do they do? They water the message of the gospel down. Hey, let's keep this message out. Let's not say this. Let's, we better not say this. We're not going to get a crowd next Sunday. Approval addiction. Well, Jesus said if you want to gain your life, you better lose it. You better take up that cross daily and follow Jesus Christ. Because of that, Jesus said, is where your life truly will be found. Amen? It pleases God when we hunger for the truth of His Word. It pleases Him when we desire that close and intimate relationship with Him. Why? Why is that, God? Why do you put such an emphasis on that? Because that is what we were created for in the very beginning. To have a close relationship and friendship with God. When we do that, we're stepping back into the original plan and purpose that God had right from the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. And now that relationship can only be found through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Matthew 5, 7. Matthew 5, 7, Jesus said these words, 
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, if you'll go into Webster's Dictionary, you'll see that mercy is defined as this. As compassion or forbearance. Shown especially to an offender. Or a blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion. This really is talking about forgiveness. And listen to me church right now. The only opportunity we have to forgive is when we are offended. Uh-huh. Okay. Let me say it again. I know it's a shocker. I know you never heard that before. The only opportunity that we as Christians have to forgive others is when we are offended by someone else, either by words or actions. So when Jesus said to forgive, obviously that means we're going to run into offenses. See, we as Christians are to show mercy to others because God has shown mercy to mankind by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, and making a way for us to be delivered from the devil's grip and an eternity in hell. We as Christians are expected... Come on, say it again. We as Christians are expected... To live a life of forgiveness toward others. In fact, Jesus is so adamant on this fact. He he had to take it that next step. That if we don't forgive God, it is impossible for God to forgive us. That is incredible. Oh, but all things are possible for God. No, 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 no. Remember, you've got to rightly divide the word. Right? What is impossible with God is for him to forgive us if we're holding unforgiveness toward others. That is extremely sobering. The law of sowing and reaping is active in this point, according to what Jesus said. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So if you're not willing to show mercy to others, you will not reap it in return from others or you won't reap it from God himself in your life. Isn't that incredible to think about? That's, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. See, when you extend mercy and forgiveness to others, You are acting like your heavenly father. And the Bible says in Romans 8, 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. How many of you want to act like your daddy today? And every day. Well, the Bible says if you're going to show mercy to others, you're acting like your heavenly father. Hallelujah. Now, Matthew 5, 8. Go there with me. Matthew 5, 8. This is an extremely, they're all important, but I'll tell you right now, listen to this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, this is referring to living a life of holiness and a life of pure motives, How many of you know you can do something nice for others and your motives are shot? This is the most incredible thing too. You can do something so nice and from the outside it looks like, man, super Christian. But on the inside you could have the motive of a demonic spirit. Think about that. Isn't that incredible? Wow. Wow. So our motives, along with the good works, our motives must be pure. Look at Hebrews 12, 14. Let 
Hebrews 12, 14 says this. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Say, and holiness. With How many of you know you can pr- pursue peace with other people, but you might not be walking holy? How many know this is a two-part deal? To get the full blessing, you got to do both. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking, oh, well, let, me, let me go on to 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. It is possible. Oh, my goodness. This just came to me. I just had a vision of, of seeing a, a, a road and a cliff at the end of it. It's possible to fall short of the grace of God. I know people don't want to swallow that, especially all these liberal pastors out here. They don't want to swallow that truth. But it is possible to fall short of the grace of God. Are you hearing me? We are, this scripture says, we are to pursue peace with all people and holiness. And doing these things will allow us to live a life in the presence and in the blessing of God. We are to live a life of love toward God and man. See, God and man. Oh, there's an owl right there, huh? Love. (laughs) Pastors get amused easily. But listen, pure motives stem from love. Pure motives stem from love. Now, I got to point something out here because many will take this scripture and they'll, they'll twist it, turn it. I want you to notice that we are not to pursue peace with all people, at the expense of not living a holy life for the Lord. This is the point right here. We are not to compromise the righteous standards that God has set in the Bible for simply bringing peace between two people. Go to Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. 15 through 16. It says this. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. How can people say that they're Christians and embracing all this junk? Because their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess to know God. But in works, they deny him. That's right. It says works, works, works. Being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Uh, Last I checked, whoa, this is in the New Testament? Works? The Bible puts that much emphasis on good works? Yes, it does. To the pure, all things are pure. This is talking about a person's heart and conscience. In other words, if your heart and conscience is pure, spiritually speaking, you will avoid anything that will defile you, disqualify, or hinder you from being in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, that scripture is written to us as Christians. It's possible for us to be, as Christians, to be defiled. It's possible for us to be disqualified and hindered. That's to Christians. That scares hell out of me, people. Uh, Are you hearing me? Pure is contrasted with the word defiled. 
It is possible for a Christian to get entangled in something that will defile them spiritually. That's why, now the only thing that can make your heart and conscience pure is the Word of God. Renewing your mind with the Word of God. Feeding on the Word of God. Reading, what does God require? Not this stinking world system. What does God say about it? Yeah, but thing like, like an abortion, I mean, that's legal in America. It's got to be okay. America allows it. What does God's word say about it? Second Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians 6. Seventeen through eighteen, and then I'm going to go into Second Corinthians seven one here. It says this. Therefore, come. This is written to Christians, by the way. Therefore, come out from among them. Who's them? The unbelievers. The world system, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Why? Because those that are led by the Spirit of God, those people, those Christians are the sons of God. Verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, what promises? That God will receive us if we don't touch these unclean things. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear or reverence or respect of God. This is talking about you as a Christian separating yourself from the world and maturing in a life of holiness. I, I got to say this to even to to people and even to the uh, teenagers. You better be careful what you're allowing to come through your ears and eyes. Ears as far as what music are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, but it's only music. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, you know what? Well, yeah, but I only like the beat. Oh, well, you know what that beat is? The beat is just simply the sugar put in with that rat poisoning of words. Are you hearing me? Don't you, don't think for a minute. That these heavy metal bands and these, these uh, you know, all these, these, um, these thug rappers and all that who are doing all this junk. Don't think that there aren't demonic spirits attached to that music. Just like when they're, during praise and worship in Christian songs, how you can be led into the presence of the Lord. The opposite is true with the other. You're just giving the devil a foothold in your mind and in your life. I mean, I could, I could give stories upon stories about people who listen to, to words of a song uh, over and over that talks about suicide, and finally they ended up doing it. There are demons attached to that secular music. Can you say amen? See, we must judge everything according to God's Word. It must run through the filter of God's Word. Say filter. I like that description of God's word. It separates the junk of the devil. And it only lets the pure come through. Oh, hallelujah. If the Bible tells us to stay away from something, then avoid that action and thank God that your eyes were open to the truth of the matter. Look at Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said, for they shall be called the sons of God. Now listen, God is the supreme peacemaker. How many of you know that? And his children, Christians, are to be followers of our Heavenly Father's footsteps. Don't be a contentious person. Or Now, contentious, what I'm talking about, is having a, a terrible attitude. Basically, walking out of love is what I'm talking about. But again, listen to me. Don't twist this thing. 
Don't make peace at the expense of compromising the standards in the word of the living God. Don't do it. That's why Romans 12, 18, listen to this. It says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. (laughs) Now, if you have a pen... I want you to take that thing. If you have a highlighter, I want to take you thing, take that thing, and I want you to highlight if it is possible. Because people, I'm telling you right now, it's not always possible to live at peace with people. Have you figured that out yet? And that is why there are some wars that are justified. Hello, Iraq. Hello. There are wars that are justified. God is not against war. Are you hearing me? If it's standing up for righteousness, God's stamp of approval is right on that thing. Are you hearing me? It is on that thing. Don't compromise the commandments and righteous standards in the Bible. Are you hearing me? Now listen, being a peacemaker also means that we as Christians are to introduce or lead people to Jesus Christ. Be the one that introduces people to Jesus so that sin nature, that enmity against God can be taken away. And when you preach the gospel, the true gospel, you're a peacemaker. Oh, I know you're going to get a lot of flack from the world and the devil. But in God's eyes, you're a peacemaker. And don't ever forget it. Are you hearing me? And don't you budge. Don't budge the righteous standards of God just to make peace with somebody. Are you hearing me? Because you might just be shaking hands with the devil himself in that thing. Are you hearing me? Oh, someone didn't hear that we as christians have been given the ministry of reconciliation second corinthians 5 says we have been entrusted with the message of the gospel of jesus christ spread it spread it are you hearing me matthew 5 10 and 12 hallelujah Are you still breathing? All right, good. Jesus said this. Blessed are those who are persecuted. The key is this. For righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. And say all kinds of evil against you falsely. For my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus said that we as Christians are blessed. The blessing of God, the creator of all things, is upon us when we're persecuted for righteousness sake. Now, how many of you are, be honest with me. How many of you in here have taken persecution because you stood up for righteousness and you ended up falling into a depression? How many of you have been there before? Oh, we all have. Yeah, look at Oh, come on. Two pastors raised their hands. Come on, you liars. Lift your hands. Give me a break. It took two pastors. Finally, all right. You know, you take persecution and, and you get bummed out. But Jesus said these words, rejoice. And don't just be glad now. No, 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 no. Don't just be glad. Be exceedingly glad. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. And the fact is, if you're not rejoicing when you take persecution, you're not, you're counting the treasures of earth greater than the treasures in heaven. Oh, there's one right there. Oh, that was a brick, wasn't it? Oh, man. Woo. See, we, we all need a brick, a spiritual brick in our face once in a while. Amen? I mean, we, we've got, we, see, this is what I'm saying, that we have, 
have taken the word blessing and we've, we've, we've taken away God's perspective and we tacked on what the world says is blessed. Oh, the world says you're blessed when you have all these friends. And you know what? There's, you're just doing everything to, to flow with the world system. And, you know, you're not making any waves. Mm-mm. But God says you're blessed when you preach the word of the living God. You're blessed when they say all manner of evil against you. You're blessed, come on, when they call you a hater for preaching the word of the living God. (laughs) Did you know that? If you're preaching the word of God, now you're a hater. You want to know why? Because you're calling something for what it really is. Sin. And the world hates that. They hate it. The apostate church hates that do you know what the word apostate means they out of there they're 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 just in error these people who who are accepting things these liberal churches in, in around the world who call themselves christians when they're disciples of satan i'm telling you right now that's what it is let's just call a spade a spade are you hearing me The citizens of the kingdom of God on this earth are fearless and willing to lay down every area of their life for the Lord Jesus Christ and the cause of the gospel. Are you ready to do that today? Are you ready? Thank you, Pastor. I'm telling you, it's it's sad. Preaching the word of God, you better answer that. Preaching the word of God... You will be called a hater. A hater. Now, who likes to be called a hater? Well, Christians should if you're standing up for righteousness. Are you hearing me? Now, I want to end with this point right here. I want you to notice what follows the teaching of Jesus with the Beatitudes. And you know what? I believe this, that the words in the Bible, that there's no mistakes God put everything in order the way he wanted it. How many of you agree with me on that? There's no wasted words. The order of everything is not coincidence. Look at Matthew 5, 13 through 16. After what Jesus said, what God's standards of blessing is and, and what it means to be blessed and how to be blessed, Jesus goes on and says this. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor... How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Well, you know, I'm just a closet Christian. You know, or how do you like this, what the politicians say? You know, I don't wear my religion on a sleeve. Well, maybe you should start because that's what Jesus wants us to do. Amen? You're not winning my vote over that way when you're saying stuff like that. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The Bible says, Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth. Now what does that mean? Salt is a, it, it, it's a preservative. And it means this, the preservation of God's holy standards are 100%, no, 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 not 99.9%. God's preservations of his holy moral standards on this earth are 100% dependent upon us as Christians to be bold to proclaim and stand up for righteousness and push back the forces of hell. Can you say amen? Amen. Oh, but you know, God will do whatever he wants in the old time. He doesn't need little old me. Well, then you know what? Jesus must have been a little confused there. Maybe he ate a little too much fish that day, huh? You know, come on, what a stupid thing. What a, what a stupid thing. Does people think they're being humble. God doesn't need little old me. Well, yes, he does. He, Jesus said, we're the salt. We are the preserver. In the moment we keep our mouth shut, 
That's when Satan's kingdom advances a little bit more on this earth. We keep our mouth shut, it advances a little bit more. We keep our mouth, it advances a little bit more. I'm telling you right now, these, these laws and, and all these things that have come into play that are totally contrary to the word of God, shame on the body of Christ. Shame on us that we have not been bold enough and had a big enough spiritual backbone to come against these things. Are you hearing me? Shame on the body of Christ. You know, this week the Holy Spirit really illuminated something to me in a greater way. And, and, and you know, I, I might say this and some of you guys are probably just going to say, well, duh. But you know, you know how some, sometimes the truth just gets so illuminated, it's like, Whoa, you just get a second wind on a, on a thought or something. It's like, oh man, that's powerful. But this week the Holy Spirit illuminated to me the reason that the devil is so adamant to keep the, the word of God, God and the word of God out of government, out of public schools, is because he knows it changes lives. He knows that if the Ten Commandments were to get back in to the public schools, Come on. It will just be evidence. It will show how much peace can come back. How much, really, the love of God can come back in. And and people will realize and and take note and say, I guess the word of God really does work. The devil's trying to keep it out because there would be too much evidence. Too much evidence that this thing is real. That there is a real God and the word of God is the only source of truth. Did you know witchcraft, witchcraft now, and Satanism, uh, a witchcraft church, Wicca church, Satanism church, you can write a, a check to them and it's 100% tax deductible because the government recognizes them as an institution. Now, let me say, you know, the government throws this whistle all the time, separation between church and state, and, and even our good friends at the Pioneer did that. Hi. Um, But first of all, that was never the intent of the founding fathers. Amen? But listen to me. This is just interesting to me. When do you hear that whistle being blown most of the time? When a Christian is in there, wants to pray, or read the Bible, or bring something about Christianity into the school. That's the only time. When is the last time we as Christians walked into a school... During Halloween, and we seen a, a witch on the wall, and we said, Hey, separation of church and state, that's a witch, wicked, that's known as a religion. Have you ever thought of this? Have you ever thought of that? Come on, bro. Wicca, it's known as a religion. Witches, warlocks, they hang it up in the public schools, it's a religion. But you never hear that card be pulled out. Separation of church and state. Why? You guys, this just confirms to me there's a real God and there's a real devil. There's a true and there's a false and there's an agenda to keep the word of God, the only source of spiritual truth, out of public arena. The devil is so stupid like that. Amen? I'll tell you right. I, I, Mm-mm-mm. Who's going to be bold enough to, to confront these things? Who would be bold enough, who would be bold enough to go in and, and, and file a, a lawsuit against the public schools for hanging up witches in the school? Yeah, that's right, I would, wouldn't I? <laughs> hey, I'll tell you right now, you give me some money and I'll do it. <laughs> I, who would follow me on that? Yeah? I'm serious. Why not? Maybe he'll land us a spot on Bill O'Reilly's show. Let Bill O'Reilly go after him. Amen? Sean Hannity and all them. Oh, I'm, I'm serious, people. We need to blow the whistle. The Bible calls us watchmen on the wall. And the fact is, there's too many watchmen who have fell asleep on the wall in the body of Christ. Oh, my, 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 my. Let's do it. Let's be bold. I'm serious. There is such a fire on the inside of me about this stuff. And I pray that it's in you also. Now, I got to point this out before I 
step off here. That I, I was watching, how many of you are familiar with David Barton's ministry, Wall Builders International, I believe it's called, David Barton. <clears throat> He's an ORU graduate, Oral Roberts University graduate. He's on Kenneth Copeland a lot in, in a lot of these shows. And his specialty is talking about the original intent of the founding fathers and dealing with these issues of separation of church and state and coming against that from a, a Bible perspective. And I was watching one of his shows a few nights ago. And he showed, I believe it was 1963, when the Bible and prayer were cut out of public schools, all right? And he showed several different graphs, and he drew a line of 1963 of teen pregnancies. Teen pregnancies, it was flat, 1963, boom! And he showed STDs, 63, whoa, off the charts! Why? Because God's boundaries were taken out of public school. And right now all hell is breaking loose. The question is, what are you as salt going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? It was uh, just mind-boggling. It was sure as day. I mean, he had to kind of make the statement say, maybe this is totally, you know, coincidental, he goes, but I don't think it is. Every chart that he showed, I can't remember them all, but every chart that he showed, 1963, when they took Bible and prayer out of public schools, that, that was it. That was the launching point. And, 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 you know, it's almost as if a new batch of devils got thrown on this earth. It, it just, you know, are we going to be true ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are we just playing a religious game here? See, God's word is powerful to change lives. It has power to change lives. Of course, Satan doesn't want that. But if you will act on the points that Jesus gave us in Matthew 5 that I went over this week and last week, you will be well on your way to God's blessing in your life. You will bring joy to the heart of God. And on the day that you take your last breath on this earth, you will hear the master Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost on me right now. Hallelujah. How many in here are going to commit to step to a new level of boldness to come against the junk of the devil in the world? How many? If if that's you, I want you to come forward and worship the Lord as the music plays. Listen to the story. And if you're not up here, I want to pray the sinner's prayer with you. Now maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If you never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward. I want to have the privilege of praying with you today. Maybe you're a Christian and you, you've fallen away. You said the sinner's prayer a while back, but it really didn't. You, you lost. You don't even feel like you'd go to heaven if you died right now. Friend, that's a dangerous position, and you need rededicate your life today let's just get get you need to get back on track those two things so far meet me by the drum set if that's you maybe you're a christian you've never received the holy spirit baptism if you'd like to learn more about the holy spirit baptism and receive meet me by the drum set turn that song up a little bit more chris those of you need healing i want you to come over to the drum set Rest you, let's lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord and just, just tell Him. If you truly mean it, make a vow to Him. Don't do it if you don't mean it. But if you really mean business with God, make a vow to Him that you're going to be bolder for Him. And you're willing to take persecution for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Worship the Lord as the music plays.
Holy Spirit's laying this out from my heart. There's some of you here today. The Lord wants you to commit to pray in the Spirit more. To pray in the Holy Spirit more. Pray in tongues. I'm telling you right now, you start doing that on a regular basis, boldness is going to rise up in you. And your heartbeat's going to synchronize with the heartbeat of God. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. I want you to repeat this prayer. Mean it with your whole heart. See, if you say these words and you don't mean it with your heart, it's in vain. They're useless words. But if you truly want to change your life today for eternity, I want you to say these words. God, I am a sinner. But I believe that Jesus Christ is your son born of a virgin shed his blood on the cross and he rose from the dead three days later and Jesus it's that Jesus who is the Messiah the chosen one of God the son of God and I confess Jesus as Lord of my life friend if you did that and you meant it with your whole heart the Bible says you've been born again. And it's a new start for you. It don't matter what you've done in the past. It's a new start. Now if there's anyone watching who needs prayer for healing, I want you just quickly, you'll see a chat, chat room just under the TV. And I want you just to quickly, short, name, first name and state, and the quick prayer request. And I want to pray with you today. Chris, turn that music up.
we as Christians, we have to learn to discipline ourselves because there, there might be someone here. If you're anything like me, you're go, you just want to go, and, and, and sometimes just standing in one spot is just kind of irritating. But this is where meekness comes in. Ah, meekness, you gotta, you gotta discipline yourself, and you need to get your mind focused on the Lord right now, even if it takes closing your eyes. How many of you know the best is yet to come for us? The best is yet to come. I still believe that a move of God is coming to this area. A move of God. Hallelujah. And I'm just so excited that God is going to turn things around with the devil that we're evil. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord. But God says it's just an opportunity for him to come on the scene. Amen. You need to cling to Romans 8, 28. That all things work together for the good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Doesn't mean that God caused it. The devil, the world, they may have caused it. Or maybe you caused it because of your uh, wrong actions. But if you repent right now, God will turn this thing around. Amen. And what you feel is caving in on you, it's going to be a stepping stone to climb out of that pit. Hallelujah. right now just as the apostles prayed in acts 4 for boldness lord let boldness fall on them now let the holy ghost fall on them now lord let them see situations the way that you see them let their hearts break the way that your heart breaks in situations in jesus name hallelujah Any prayer requests? None? Okay. Uh, those of you watching online, I'm going to be in Lansing tonight, Lansing, Michigan, at 7 o'clock tonight at the Holiday Inn Cell. You won't want to miss it. Uh, I'm going to be administering a spiritual enema for you tonight. So God bless you. We'll see you then. Hallelujah. All right. Now, glory to God. Here's some announcements. The spaghetti dinner uh, for the kingdom kids that I've been talking about is going to be sep- Sunday night, September 28th. From 5 to 7, it's to raise funds for that David Beam house there for the poor people in Guatemala. And uh, Marla has set up a, a little sign-up sheet right on the back information table back there. If you plan on attending, would you please just write your name on there so we can get an accurate count of what we're looking for. Could you do that for me? All right, thank you, you two. Now, um, <laughs> also, we're looking for, is that one getting kind of old or what? Huh? All right, never mind. I'll come up with something new next week. Um, media volunteers, Chris, raise your hand right there, that guy. We need some media team volunteers. See Chris back there. Uh, nursery volunteers are needed. Today, if you can do it and you want to be on the schedule, see Elizabeth, because there's a little equation here 
it says, no volunteers equals no nursery. Now, what is that? <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, there's going to be a community movie night, October 19th. You know how uh, us four or five churches get together, Pastor Kevin Payne, Pastor Art Kilpatrick, and all of us. You know how we got together on some Sunday nights for some prayer meetings. Well, October 19th at 6 p.m. Sunday night, we're going to have movie night here. How many of you enjoyed movie night when we had it last time? That was fun, wasn't it? Totally free, and we are going to be showing the movie called Unidentified, and we'll, un- we'll identify it that night when you come. Uh, no, it's called Unidentified, all right? Um, so, anyways, I'll be announcing that. Also, hold on, sir. Also, it, we've had a lot of new people coming to the church, and you'll see a uh, member questionnaire on the back table. If you simply have made RCC your home church, the only thing we ask, we don't ask you to sign anything and, and do all the, well, only thing we ask is for you to fill out this member questionnaire, hand it back to us, and this is how we know when your birthday is or anniversaries, and it's just, uh, and, and what you would like to see in the church, what area of the church would you like to be a part of, and how many of you know it's important to get active in the local church, amen? All right, also next Sunday, we started it today, Pastor Joe and Ann, we opened up at 9 o'clock the uh, oasis great time of fellowship with christians we're going to do it again next week we're going to try at least a couple more weeks yeah. maybe oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and if it flops then we we won't do it but if you guys it's kind of a neat time to gather together we can have prayer in there it's just kind of a neat thing to do amen yeah Yeah. Fellowship. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, we this will be our first week on Wednesday night. Yes, you're okay. going to be Pastor Joe is going to be doing the youth group starting tonight or Wednesday. Youth, you're going to like him, all right? You're, you're going to like Pastor Joe, all right? Yeah, ninth through 12th grade for right now, yeah. And so, is there anything else? If you need prayer, yeah. yes. Hold on, hold on. Let me get this for you. This is going to be a little bit better. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the Human Services Collaborative Board. Um, I haven't been there in a while because what they do is they just kind of give you the gist of it, and I'm not politically correct or anything. So, but that's um, <laughs> good. We don't like politically correct, anyways. All right. They talk about things going on in the community and early childhood development, mm-hmm. and um, one of the issues they talked about was the prison release that they were doing with all those prisoners and things like that. Um, Another thing is suicide prevention. Mm. Um, Just all kinds of different things that they're working on in um, our community. Mm. Well, I was a part of that with the early childhood development or whatever um, because they need parent volunteers and they also ask for pastors, Uh faith-based. And I stopped going because as a parent, I didn't feel like, I felt like I was there because they wanted us there to say that we were there, basically. Uh-huh. Okay? Um, and Tom Rojeski, I don't know if anybody knows his name. No. Um, he is one of the main people that goes there and is a part of those. But one thing, one reason I really stopped going, and I've been convicted on this today, and <laughs> <laughs> but, um, is because in the suicide prevention, the man that does that he goes to the church that I used to attend to, and he heads that up. And I had talked to him and said, you know, why can't we, why don't we tell people that Jeremiah 29 says, yeah. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Yep. People need to know these yes, things. Yes. You know, they're, they're right. but he said something, you know, political. You can't 
we can't tell them that because, yeah. you know, it's religion mm. or whatever. Yeah. And as far as like the prison release and not giving them the information, they, they're t saying that after two years, most of these prisoners will be back in prison. Mm. Well, wow. why? Because we're not yeah. giving them the tools that That's they right. need. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> yeah. I have really been fighting this because I, I know that I need to go and be there. I feel that God is calling me to be there and to speak up, and I am not. <laughs> I'm fighting the Holy Spirit on this, but not, I'm trying not to anymore. I'm, I want to be bold and, and do that. So if, if you all could just yeah. help me to yes. do that. We'll you keep know, you accountable, be there. won't we? Because these all people need to know. All of us keep each other accountable. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, I love it. Hang around a little bit longer. Boldness will rub off on y'all. All right. God bless you. We'll see you on Wednesday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.